0: Game Devs. Hey everybody, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once-weekly and favorite game-dev podcast. Suck it, Buttersho- Butterscotch guy. No, just kidding. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Butterscotch? Anyway, uh, we're that once-weekly game-dev podcast following two game-dev scrubs into game-devdom. If we can do it, you can, too. I'm Rhett. I'm
1: Taylor. And John Dotson.
0: Boom. Woo. You guys remember John. Of course, no introduction necessary. Um... But we asked John to come on because he's going to be launching a game. And he briefly alluded to it uh, one of the last times that we had him on. Maybe like the second to last time or something. I don't remember. Um, But he's here to take us down the journey of his very own game devs quest. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm actually going to give
1: myself an intro because my guess is this is the episode where you guys gain like a million followers. And I got to explain who I am because these new people don't know. So finally, <laughs> exactly. My name is John Dotson. Seven years ago, I created the video game website, CheerfulGhost.com, which is a place for people to go that love video games. Uh, Rhett was mentioning uh, something I never even thought of, but is completely uh, accurate that cheerful ghost is a lot like a book club for people that love games so we talk about games. we've got a database on the website that where it's like we've got like 38,000 games that you can talk about. We also curate that a little bit so we you know have metadata about games so you can search about like doom and then the new doom 2016 and all that kind of stuff um, and <clears throat> when I was on the show back in August of 2018 because I looked we were cheerful ghost was <laughs> launching. That was right before the show. Kids, do your homework. You sound smarter when you do. Um, and I need the help. I need the help. So uh, back in August of 2018, when I was on the show, Cheerful Ghost was launching a games BBS. And so for the uninitiated, uh, BBS uh, it stands for Bulletin Board System. It's what you would do back in the 90s when the internet wasn't a thing, or at least you didn't have access to it. You would basically have a dedicated phone line that would be uh, allow people to dial in on their computer they dial in and they could play games they could download software like doom shareware or whatnot and chat with friends chervil ghost to me has always felt like a bbs and so we launched back in 2018 a games bbs with a curated list of amazing sort of, of best of breed web games you could play some really cool stuff like um, Candy Box, Candy Box Two. We also launched um, some actual classic DOS BBS games that you can play in your browser, like Fishing Freshwater Fishing Simulator and Barney Splat, which are really fun. You should you should play now. But when I was on the show back then, I mentioned that this was all in anticipation of something else, which Rhett talked about, and so. Travis and I have been working on a game since January, and it's called Tale of the White Wyvern. And it's a game that's coming out on July 28th. So I emailed my favorite game development podcast, Suck at Butterscotch Gamer. And, um, I <laughs> uh,
0: is that is that
1: <laughs> did I get that right? I, I, Butterscotch Shenanigans or something, I, I may have gotten that. Yeah, it right. yeah. That's, yeah,
0: they've got a Butterscotch Shenanigans, their ga- game dev, uh. studio, Studio. and they have a podcast called Coffee with Butterscotch.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, It's a great uh, podcast, but it's better than ours. It's (laughs) clearly... No, 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 no. You guys gotta double down on the... uh, On it. It, You're... We're clear... You're clearly superior in every way. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we talked about uh, the game coming out. And so it is going to come out on July 28th. And um, basically, Tale of the White Wyvern is a text-based high fantasy sword magic adventure mini MMO that you can play with friends in your browser. So it leans very heavily into that DOS BBS era with its graphics Because it's a love letter to the games that I loved playing on PC when I was a young pup, like Zork, ZZT, and BBS games like Legend of the Red Dragon, Baron Realms Elite. So, you know, in the 90s, I was a huge fan of Legend of the Red Dragon. And to me, that's the BBS game gold standard. And I've wanted to sort of pay homage to that game and remake it for years. And we finally able to do that. So... Yeah, um, that's a lot of words. But yeah, I'm really excited that it's coming out on July 28th. So that's what I'm here to talk about. And I'm really happy you guys decided to have me on because I love talking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got to say this right off the start. I was, I, I was kind of wondering like what Taylor's take on the game was going to be when we were playing it. Because, uh, or you know when he was playing it, rather. Uh, because when I was playing it, I couldn't help but escape the... Or Escape? I couldn't escape the thought. Um, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. The comparison to our game. Remember? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. I knew Which, you were, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, God damn it. We should have finished ours.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And, but like what's fun is I was just, and I was trying to like, in my mind, like reverse engineer, like some of the mechanics and things like that, trying to figure out, I didn't get very far <laughs> in my time playing uh, e- both in game and also in reverse engineering the mechanics. But, uh, I think anybody who's been like listening with us from the start, uh, and maybe seen some of like the, the little iterative builds of our text, uh, adventure game that we were working on early on the start would see a lot of, um, a lot of similarities, except what I love about this game is, and John said it, it's like a mini MMO. And Mm -hmm. what's fun is how well integrated the, uh, those MMO aspects were, um, you know, and I, I think, uh, I think John was telling us off the air that he's got like a special, uh, I don't know, like iteration of the game running f- just for us right now. Um, but even in that uh world i was able to like you know find john's character and yeah. i think i did anyway you and did send him I, a letter on the game i sent yep. you a
1: letter too right <laughs> oh did you and i <laughs> yeah. sent you a letter as well um uh taylor uh, but you hadn't responded so oh, frowny oh, I, face is that you Golok? that is me or- Golok. yeah Hey <laughs> absolutely <laughs> wavy emoji <laughs> exactly <laughs> right so it's it 's funny that it 's like a text based sort of b b s that it, it just for people it it leans real heavy into the dos graphics, so yes. when yeah. you 're looking at this game, it looks like a dos prompt staring at you which it, which I love because again that 's what I grew up with, but it 's also visually so different than even any other game that you would play right now. Um, even games that have the same mechanics don't quite look like it. And one of the other things that I'm really proud of that we were able to do too is make it work amazingly well on your phone, tablet, and desktop. So Nice. Um, and that's like a hat tip to Travis. You know, when we started development back in January, you know, I told him, I said, look, you know, I want this to be a desktop experience where, you know, the hotkeys work. So I don't know if you know this, but if you hit F on your keyboard it will take you to the forest and you can control the game entirely from your keyboard so you yeah, don't that's what how i was playing exactly because that's how you do it back on the dot that's how you do it on your bbs games you know they're all controlled on your keyboard a, ca- a couple places where you glide your mouse around but we're going to fix that you'll be able to you be able to do it just straight up using keys so um and then you know when you're on your phone you're tapping when you're on your uh, tablet you're tapping too but um, I really want to thank Travis for for working. You know, we've been collaborating on Shirtful Ghost for seven years, and he, I think, he nailed the look and feel. There are two. Oh yeah, there are two. Like you, there's a whole theme system. I don't know if you guys saw that, so you can go into yeah, your profile. Pro, I did. I went and clicked through all of them. Right. We've got <laughs> one that feels like look like it's a theme just like DOS shell, like it's the old DOS yeah. shell. Which I was like, Travis, you did it. That's so cool. That a DOS one too. Um, he's working on two themes right now that will be there on game launch one of them is um, a theme that makes the game look like uh, you're playing on a Game Boy so it's called Don nice. Matrix with stereo sound <laughs> when he did I was like god damn you blew the I'm like this is incredible and then he did <laughs> another one which makes the game feel like you're playing it on the Fallout hacking terminals in Fallout oh, nice. 3 and it just feels like you're playing the game on a fallout screen um yeah i just think he nailed the look and feel you know yeah yeah yeah
2: awesome i agree i actually so personally maybe it's because i didn't discover that until after i'd played it a little bit but i actually really like the the first one that you're presented with
0: yeah uh, the default theme is the really theme was, was my favorite too not not to take away from travis's work i <laughs> no, just no, no. <laughs> ju- just to put that out there stylistically yeah yeah, and- yeah well
1: that's the worm door um that's the worm door theme i i agree that's yep. the- why we picked it i think it's the most unique and iconic one that we've got um visually it's purple which is weird i don't see a lot of people doing that so it's fun
2: so yeah uh I tried to, like, click through almost all the links, uh, and I think in your credits, uh, I really enjoyed that you, in your credits, discuss how you uh, created the game. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that you made it with Ruby on Rails. And then after I knew that, I went back and I clicked through all the games, and I was looking at the URLs, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, you're using Ruby on Rails, like, MVC stuff. Uh, to build this, right? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, I was like, that is the cleverest idea to make to like intertwine, you know, your Ruby uh, professional development experience with gaming. Like, I've been trying to think of a way that I could kind of combine uh, the stuff I do at work with like my game dev stuff. And to be able to use that same tool to create a game is really badass. So I applaud you for being clever
1: like that. Well, yeah, I because so I follow game dev Twitter and the best advice I hear are people saying things like and no one person says this, you know your first game should be really simple, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what this game this game is actually less simple than really simple but we can talk more about that but but I think that um it's on the simpler end of things like we're, this is not you know um wind, right so so yeah. that's so that's good and then the other one is it should be something that you know right so I know how to ship a ruby on rails thing like I know how to do that because I've been doing it for a long time now so I also wanted to make a game that felt at home with Cheerful Ghost, right? I knew I wanted to recreate that classic BBS experience on the website because no one's doing anything like that. No one's like, this is not Newgrounds. It's not, right? Cheerful Ghost is a place you can go talk about games with your friends and play weird old BBS DOS throwback games or or games like Candy Box and then also now Tale of the White Wyvern. So I wanted to have it feel at home in our community and also have features that the community would appreciate right like in the game i don't know if you know this but you can you can marry anyone in the game you want if you want if they're if they're open to marrying you right we call it partnership in the game because there's no notion of christianity i don't really want to get into a huge discussion about religion too much but that does not exist in this game so we call it partnership and you can do that you can also fight people in game um you can compete for who's got the highest ranking for, for, for fights, you know, who defeats the most people you can, um, uh, you can also, there'll be other features later. We're going to add, um, the ability to, um, for people to join guilds and that kind of thing. So I really want to lean into the MMO. So again, I really want it to be something that I was simple, something I knew how to do. Something I knew I could ship, and then something that felt organic, and something that was made for people on *Cheerful Ghost*, and didn't seem like it was so out of bounds for us.
2: Nice. Yeah, I, I could tell as soon as I got here, I was like, oh yeah, this feels
1: like *Cheerful Ghost*. Awesome. (laughs) That's good. That's good that it felt like something we would do. Uh, Awesome. It
2: did. Well, and I found it funny listening to you guys. Like, I didn't ever play any of these kind of games growing up or anything, Um, and so you guys are talking about like using the hotkeys, and I was like, all mouse. Like, in a way, and maybe I don't know if this you'll find this a, a good thing or a bad thing, but it did feel like I was on a website, but in like a really nice way. Like, I could tell that like the things that I was looking at were links that I could click on, you know. But I don't know it just felt really, really good. And the other thing that I liked about it, like, I know that I'm on a website, but when I go to the forkwood forest and I, you know, click in there and I look for something to fight, it's like the simplicity of the, the game loop in that is something that really does bring me back. Like I don't get that in games very often anymore where I just am addicted to the loop. Um, Because you you have, like, Rhett and I have just talked about this a ton, but, like, you got to go through just all these shenanigans to try and get to the actual game, Mm -hmm. and I just found it really refreshing that you, like, get to your, the town square, and there you are. Yeah. You just, like, you have all the options available to you, and every one of them is, like, nuanced. They all have different, basically, like, loops inside of them, but... The, the bulk of what you're gonna do is go out and explore in the Forkwood Forest and it's just, like, addicting. You discover these new creatures that you can, um, you know, fight and yeah, gain experience places. and gold.
0: I was pretty pleasantly surprised, too, like, when I'm out in the woods just trying to fight people and then, boom, I find the tavern out in the woods, like, that yeah. was cool and unexpected Spoiler as alert. well. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, yeah. no problem, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and same with, like,
2: I got I think you start with 20 hit points. I don't know what I found, but I found something that gave me plus three hit points. I was like, hell yeah! Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just felt really cool, re- really rewarding to get those extra three because then I didn't have to go heal as much, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Well, yeah, there's also a lot of other things that uh, you can find randomly in the forest. Um, a couple, couple yeah, more I was things.
2: pissed because the old guy, like, I found, I found a charm... And then I got like robbed by some old guy and he took the charm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, right. We're, um, I, ha- there's, we're planning, when, when Travis and I originally sat down for what we wanted the game to be, it was a much longer list than the game that you played. So, this is an extremely pared back version of what we wanted to ship. But we felt like, okay. What we're shipping is the complete package, right? It's the loop, it's the leveling up. Because, you know, for people that don't know, entail the white wyvern, you start, you start, uh, and you choose the class you want to play. You pick a warrior if you want to play like a strength-based attack class. You pick a rogue if you like want to focus more on defense. You pick a uh, mage if you want to do magic, essentially. Um, the game actually fairly open in how you can customize it. So in the course of the game, you're going to find gems randomly. So from force fights or you just find it in Forkwood Forest, you'll find gems. And you can trade those gems for permanent stat boosts. There are three um, stats you got to think about until the White Wyvern you got strength for attack you've got defense for defending and hit points for how much um you can take so you can permanently choose to make a uh, a mage character which is my favorite use spells and that kind of thing and you can actually um sync all of your um um gems into a strength mage so you could build an attack mage if you want now i i haven't Tested that out as much, but it, I, I don't know if that's a great build. But it's something I'm going to roll with at launch. You can also dual class as well. So, um, Ret, you mentioned finding the tavern. In the tavern, you can dual class. So you can um, pick. Uh, so you could be a warrior mage, or you could be a rogue warrior, or whatnot. One thing you got to consider is that every day you get a point for being a class an extra point so make sure you have at least two points before you do a class because you'll lose that extra point so um, yeah so if you if you're a mage and you go up to have about ten magic that you have there so you can use you know all of your spells and you want to then do a class to be a warrior as well to hit pretty hard and get those strength increases and such you can um, so we've got that ability as well so we're we really wanted to get the game out in the form that it's in. And then over time, we're going to release uh, updates to the game. So as fast as we can get them out, essentially. So I'm really excited for what we're going to add to the game. But I felt like this was a good first step to get people into the world.
0: So Nice. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up earlier, too, is, uh, you know, Taylor. Well, you, uh, John, were talking about... Uh, sort of hearkening back to this golden age and how proud you were of having the hot keys and all this. And Taylor was saying, well, you know, it's funny hearing you using the keys and I was using the mouse. See, it's one of those things that it must be like the perfect, it, like, it like triggers that like, perfect recall for those things, because it's like, you know, I'm I'm actually younger than Taylor, but I feel like I've got my fingers in this different age of gaming in the sense that I sort of, like, inherited through my older brother. And it's interesting seeing Taylor, who didn't have that, and because me and him we've sort of had these differences on games, not differences, not like we're going fisticuffs over it, but just in terms of our taste of games or in terms of like the gaming culture that we were sort of exposed to before we became friends. And I think it really says something about your game that you like, you're able to tap into that, even though I'm not even from that generation. So I don't know, maybe I'm looking too much into that, but that's, that is something I wanted to bring up earlier when we're talking about it.
1: Awesome.
0: I don't know. Now that nobody's saying anything, it seems like a stupid point that I brought up. <laughs> no, now. no, it's great. I just think it was
1: complete. I didn't have anything uh, to add to yeah, it. Yeah, I
0: was. I really want
1: I, when you guys were talking about um, Taylor. You're talking about the simplicity of it, and you know how it's nice to strip away the thing to its core mechanics and sort of um, Red's talking about you know you know being you know sort of you know having a lot of love for that era. I think that. For me, I, I think that there's a couple things going on with what Travis and I are doing here. For, firstly, like I think that modern games can do too much. And so this game for me is like, I'm I've, I've been in a relationship now for 19 years. I've got like a three-year-old kid. I've got a really great job. I don't have a million, I don't have 5,000 hours for a game anymore. Right. It's just not yeah. practical. I've got time for games. I want to play games. I want to play games with my friends. So I wanted to make a game that I could play. And so this game is a game that I can play on my desktop and tablet, wherever. Like if I'm taking a shit or if I'm on my computer <laughs> or whatever, I can play this game. And it's only going to take because of the entail the white, wherever, And you've got this notion of days. So um, the days are going to turn over um, at noon Pacific time and midnight. Um, Pacific time. So you're going to get your forest fights refreshed. You'll get your player fights refreshed. You'll come back to life if you died, that kind of thing. So I wanted a game that people could come back to in the morning. They could play when they got up and then when they were on lunch break, and then they could play later if they wanted. But also each time you come back to the game and, fight in the forest you're only going to spend like maybe 10 minutes doing it because it, but also have a game that feels like something deep is going on right these mechanics are fun it kind of feels like a MMO light it kind of feels like a mud maybe some D&D stuff there but not have it take you know your entire life because again I don't have time for that and I wanted to play it, but also something with my friends so yeah and also lean into the simplicity because again if you're I think that people trying to make a game now, the hardest thing is getting people to care about it. And I think the best way to get people to care about it is to give them something really different. Um, And I don't see a lot of games like this being made right now that lean so heavily into the simplicity and the DOS and that kind of thing. But yeah, that's just kind of how I think about that.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot because I'm in the same exact boat. Like I'll have these stretches of, you know like two weeks or something where i have free time like after work and i'll play a game you know for two weeks and then i don't play literally for the rest of the year you know and so if you could just kind of boil it down to these little bite-sized chunks i would definitely have more time for that and i'm actually pretty stoked that since it's the web app you know, and you guys probably made it like responsive. I can play this on my phone too. It is, is pretty cool. It is
1: very responsive. Yeah, again, yeah, it'll yeah. play in any context you want.
0: And and sort of touching on the on the sort of playability aspect, I was thinking when I was playing it uh, because I don't know why, but I have this like romanticized idea of like of like a fun office game, right? And like one of these old games I used to play was called Neptune's Pride, and it was like this weird like real time strategy game that you could play and I used to try to get everybody in the office at work like into playing it and this when I was playing it I was thinking like oh man like if only I had you know if only I was still at the office I could like convince everybody to get in on this and and uh have that sort of communal interaction online while playing it it just has that 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 vibe where yeah you can interact with strangers or you bring your friends in it you know and it's just as just as uh entertaining in that way
2: yeah I agree I've, I have had similar situations there's this game called Forge of Empires that we played uh, when I used to work at Garmin and like people got obsessed with it to the <laughs> point where like when we weren't taking calls like everyone had it up and so they they uh, had to ban it at work <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was one of those games that was like pay to win and there's this one guy who paid like a couple thousand dollars he got like so into it and he wanted to be like the best so he paid like a couple thousand dollars to be the best and then everyone stopped
0: playing <laughs> uh,
1: wow uh, that's, that's incredible. why you don't pay
0: to win gentlemen
1: yeah yep. and this uh i'm glad you brought that up because tale of the white wyvern is a free-to-play game um you just need a free cheerful ghost account to play it uh I, we could talk about how that works and all that kind of thing but like it does have um, so, Cheerful Ghost has a membership that you can support us if you want, and if you do, you get some cool features on Cheerful Ghost and in Tale of the White Wyvern. You will too. So, um, I, I really want to be hugely upfront. The game will never be pay to win ever. You're never gonna have Cheerful Ghost members get more forest fights because that's pay to win straight up. You get an advantage because you pay. That you're not. That's never gonna happen. What the model that we're working off is the cosmetics angle which is weird because it's a text <laughs> game which I love even more frankly I love it so much more because it's text based cosmetics um, so strap in kids you're gonna everyone's gonna buy a cheerful Ghost sub for this so um, <laughs> basically what you get is um, you get alternate weapon and armor skins in uh, the Frost King Frosthelm's weaponry and Asadi's armor so if you go there you've got the normal um, rack of weapons and armor but if you go to the back room if you're Cheerful Ghost member, you can buy uh, special weapons. So, for instance, uh, some of the weapons you can buy in uh, the alternate weapons are like uh, the big Goron sword, a bat lift a plumber's mushroom, the Atma weapon, uh, the master sword, Leonard's Katana. These are not in any order. And then a grumpy old man's lightsaber as well. I don't know. That might be from a recent <laughs> Star Wars movie or something. Anyways... Um, but of course it's, you know, registered trademarks are of course, completely out of it. But, um, and then the other things you get to are like, you can unlock some titles. So every time, um, you beat the Wyvern, you get a new title and they're kind of like cosmetics you can put in front of your character. So people know, oh, this guy's, you know, I don't have that title. Oh, how do you get that? Oh, you beat the Wyvern five times. This guy's clearly played the game a lot. They've got a really sweet title. I believe that's Wyvern Slayer if you beat it five times. And so... Um, If you're a cheerful ghost member, you get some, you get two cool titles and then you get some access to some unique um, themes as well. We're going to add more kind of thank you features and that kind of thing. And it's all going to be in the very text based cosmetics realm. Because I hate pay to win. I absolutely loathe it. I I do too. Because I don't want people to be like, oh, I want to play more Tale of the White Wyvern. And then they pay me to do that. Like I, I would love to do this as a job, but I don't want to take money that way. So we're not going to do that. Nice. Are you planning on any sort of, like,
2: server reset things? You know, like, seasons and things like that? Oh,
1: yes. So, okay. So, it might not be obvious, but Tale of the White Wyvern is built on each game having an instance. So, the game that you played was a special server that I put up for you guys to, to, to check out the game in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, inside each game, like, inside each, whatever... I can have as many games running as I want. Like We could set up 100 individual Tale of the White Wyvern games if we wanted at launch with different rule sets. What we're going to do at launch... I mean, I could go up to as many as the database will handle and whatever we could scale out. So at launch, we're going to have one because I want everyone in the same game, essentially, because I don't know mm-hmm. how many players we're going to get. You know what I mean? And if we get a lot, I'm going to start setting up multiple games with the same rule set. Just to give people area to be like, you know, maybe they don't want to be in the game with a thousand people. Maybe they want to be in a game with a hundred people and that kind of thing. So we'll just keep scaling out games until it feels good or whatnot. The other feature that we're going to launch later, and I don't know when this is coming. This is probably going to be in a few months, but one of the long-term goals is for Cheerful Ghost members, you can set up your own private instance of a tail game that you want. So you could be like, I'm going to set up my own game. I'm going to have... Instead of 25 forest fights, it's going to be 100. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that because that wouldn't make the game as fun. But you could do 50. You could change certain aspects of the game that you want. And you could even say that the game's private and only for your friends. So That's cool. Yeah. So you could set up as many games as you wanted that are private. You could even do a public thing. I think we might even do a thing where people can knock to to, to enter, right? So it's exclusive, you know what I mean, to people seeing you – know, you can also kick trolls out and that kind of thing. So we'll have those kind of tools. Again, not at launch but later because, again, I wanted – I want to be able to say, hey, this is something that, you know, is kind of a fun aspect of running a Cheerful Ghost membership or whatever, you know, run your own sort of mini tail game or whatnot. Um, This might come a little bit before people being able to run their own servers, but I'm also have the idea of a rogue server as well. So the thought is, is that um, you, we have a tail game with a particular set of rules that runs for a period of time, like a season. And that could be a thing that we do. But also I have this notion of like, if you die once you're out of the game and then whoever lasts as long in the game and plays it like really close to the chest wins. Or something like that idea. Right. Yeah, like a last man standing kind of a thing. That
0: reminds me of like how Neptune's Pride was in the office, you know. It was like everybody's like keeping their secrets, betraying each other, like lying to like get an edge, you know. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna so we'll have everyone sort of in the main game pit to start, and hopefully that's fun and people are you know fighting each other and rivalries, and then we're gonna add, you know, guilds over time and all that kind of thing, and then we'll add rogue servers and then people will be into that and that kind of thing. So again, if the game is really popular travis the, the thought is that travis and i release a game we support it for a year or more depending on you know how people are i mean if this thing blows up we'll support it for indefinitely i mean we'll, we'll support indefinitely anyways but we'll support it for a long time and then we are thinking working on another game because i have a set of three i want i have a trilogy of dos bbs games that we're going to launch on cheerful ghost and this is the first one so um yeah Really excited! That's awesome. <laughs> really excited because yeah, the, the, the games that you guys are talking about are games that I love, and we're going to make Cheerful Ghosts will be a place that you can go to play games like this.
2: Right, that's cool. I mean, and like you said, it uh, it's really hard to stand out. So I don't think I can't think of any other like communities or websites that's dedicated to like this classic of uh, of game. So that's really cool.
1: Hello? Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm still here. Is John still here?
1: I don't know. I am, actually. I was just oh. pausing. <laughs> I was
0: like, uh, what? <laughs> no worries. I was just looking at the list of uh, of games you could play over on Cheerful Ghost. Yeah, there
1: are a couple. Um I really we one of the latest games we added was Civ Clicker. Yeah. That game's incredible. It's like civilization in your browser. It, again, there's some <laughs> really amazing open source games and that's something that I'm thinking about with the games that we make too. It's like, okay, well, at what point do we think about releasing it as open source code? I love the model that id has where they have like you know six years on an engine and then they open source it after a while because i think that i would like to do that you know given the game being successful and that kind of thing but we'll have to see how that goes um because i think that you know to get to the bbs to where we have it now you know we've included some really great open source games and we've made some open source stuff and that kind of thing and i'd like to keep moving on in that um arena yeah for
0: sure
1: So, Taylor, you were talking about, you know, the fact that it's made in Ruby on Rails and that kind of thing and sort of applying sort of what I'd learned in my job to this game. Um, There are two other things that I was thinking about, too, when I was making the game that I really wanted to make sure that we hit, um, architecture-wise. And I know that, like, when you you work for a company, um, the applications that you maintain um, are typically legacy because it's, you know, typically their application's over a certain amount of years old or whatnot. Yep. And there's a lot of reasons why the applications are as fast as they are. Um, and sometimes often, you know, the trade-off between features and speed, speed doesn't always win, right? The application's sometimes sluggish and you have to spend time making it fast, but it's always this thing that you're fighting against, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you, yep. you have your application and you probably got pages on your app that are, you know, Twelve seconds or more to load, and that's quite a lot for a user to to go out. So the first thing that I wanted to make sure was number one, the game needs to be fast, and two is that the game logic should be isolated and contained. And so, um, when when I was thinking about designing this. In the classical way that you would build a Rails app or any MVC application is that you have an object in your system, like a user, and if the user, like, let's just take about it in a typical blog sensor. Well, actually, let's think about it in, in a game that I may actually tell. So you'd have a user, right? And then you'd have a weapon class, and then that would be mapped to SQL as a class for a table, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then you'd also have armor and that would be a class and that would also have a table. And then you would also have a monster and that would also have a table. And then you'd also have a bunch of other stuff. And basically when you have all these, Tables, you have to, you know, fetch all that information from the database, which means you have to, you know, do a fair amount of SQL. By the time you're done, it can, I, I, I don't know how far you went on, you know, on what you're doing, Taylor, but like you could have join clauses that are really long and could take quite a while. So one of the things I wanted to do is make sure the data was simplified. In designing, and I'm I'm sorry, we're getting really nerdy here, but I think the no, no, audience no. I is like it. probably okay with that, right? Yeah. So I wanted to denormalize the database, and what that means is, like, so when you go to school for doing programming, what they teach you is you need to have your databases hit a normalized form, like third normal form, and uh, this right. is like super schooly crap. But boyce Cod normal form is like some grail or whatnot. <laughs> um, where every where everything is like an object and entity relation, blah, blah, blah. You, everything is connected and joined and all that kind of thing. Right. And that makes a lot of sense um, for designing applications because you have your data in a way that's easy to understand by a human being. But when I'm design tail the white wyvern, I want it to be fast, right? Because I want this to be played by a lot of people. So... Firstly, I started off with a database design that sort of denormalizes stuff. And then second, um, where when you hit a page, you're not far away. Like you're one select away from getting almost everything you need to know about what's happening. Um, and I was able to do that and we're like I don't know for people that do web stuff or whatever Travis and I were able to get with that and a bunch of other things and it's a text game so you don't have like we have no images on the site at all and everything yeah. like that um, we are able to get like Google page speed uh, at 97% to 100 and if you're thinking about like your mobile <laughs> site like go to the thing that you do and put that in Google page speed and <laughs> it's, it's probably not 100 like because it's <laughs> really hard to get it that high I mean we're cheap it because it's a text game, but still I want it to be fast. Like we're talking like milliseconds per page load. So we are at that point that's without caching. So then if we enable cache, like, let's say we get a lot more users and then we, we have to start enabling caching, right? Then it's going to be even, like we'll be able to scale it out even more than that. So I wanted the overall architecture to, to have that thought there. Um, and we're able to hit it. It's really fast. In fact, the, the the instance that you're playing is one of the Heroku free hobby dynos, and it's wicked fast. Um, oh, yeah. And that's the free stuff, right? That's not, like, an increased amount of RAM. That's not an increased amount of, like, um, CPU compute. And Ruby on Rails is... It's, it's not like... Um, it's not like a huge bloated mess. You can actually scale it really well, but we built it such that it, it's 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 a pretty good story, so I was pretty happy about that.
2: Nice. Yeah, I just pulled up uh, Chrome developer tools, and I pulled up the network tab, you know, tried it out. It was like uh, 600 milliseconds, <laughs> and uh, page size is like, I don't know, 110 kilobytes. So
1: it's all pretty... <laughs> pretty thin right oh one, yeah. other, oh one other thing too you can run this game with javascript off i lo. I, oh I, re- hell yeah. I really want it like because i think that i wanted to also run at the whole you need to run like in, in in web circles, there's this notion that everything needs to run as a JavaScript application. Like everything needs to be JavaScript. Everything needs to run as a single page JavaScript application. I mm-hmm. legitimately do not agree with that philosophy. I don't think it works. I don't think that's a philosophy for every application. I think that you can take a... a this is going to sound weird in tech, but I think you can take a traditional REST-based like, you can use those fundamental principles to design a really great application. Um, so, we could get in that discussion for hours, but I, that was also <laughs> something we wanted to do. You can turn JavaScript off and it works just the same. There will be no difference. So, oh, you can on IE7 and it'll work? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it'll work in IE7, but JavaScript off it'll work. Hotkeys yeah. won't because you need JavaScript for that, but, yeah. IE7... Oh, gotcha. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't tried it. <laughs> I need to get my XP machine out. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's
2: cool. Yeah, I like hearing all that stuff. I'd actually be curious to look at the database
1: uh, if you're not following normal form. Um, See, Sure. Do you just want me to export it and send it to you? I can send you the sequel. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I, I know a guy who can do that. So, that's not a problem. <laughs> Uh, it means that i have to what what you have to do when you have like let's say two people in game get get partnered right they get not married in the game married right so i need to know like in a few in a few areas in the game who is that right so typically what you would do is just say like you'd have a link Like you'd have a reference in your user class, like married to ID or whatever. Right. And that would be the user ID. Cool. And so then you'd hit the page where you're displaying like user profile and you do another query, like select from, you know, the user table where the married to ID equals this. Well, I don't want to do that, actually, because I know when they're married who it is. Right. So I cache that. As a name. So I do a lot of cheating like that. So every time I can put in the user table things like. The name of the person you married or the, the ID of the person. I'll put that in there so I don't actually have to go fetch the data again. So that's yeah. how I denormalize it. Now the problem with caching it, you, you know is that it could get stale. There could be an instance where I divorce this person in game and if I don't update that reference it's going to say that I'm married when I'm not. So, you, so, th- so the downside is you have to remember that you've cached this stuff and you have to update it. Not a big deal. You can totally do it but that's the trade off that I made. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, that all makes sense. The more you hit your database, the slower it's going
1: to be yep that's one of the that's one of the ways the other are you know rebuilding templates and that kind of thing which i can enable caching later and then um from there it's okay well i'm getting a lot of traffic but i don't have enough server capacity and since we're using heroku it's easy to scale that i just increase the amount of dynos and clusters that we're running just, it, dynos that were running uh and that kind of thing so yeah i mean you know i've so again like i said i've done this for a bit this is kind of my job so i'm very familiar <laughs> with how to do that um if the game gets to that point so it's cool
2: yeah that is that is cool thinking ahead
1: are you still there rat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course i am <laughs> uh nice should i hand you guys both a cup of coffee uh, I'll pour
2: All right. it. No, <laughs> sorry yeah, I so, um, I like hadn't done any game dev for quite a while, probably a couple months, and uh, I did a game jam over the weekend. So oh, awesome! Pretty pretty worn out from that. Because uh, when you when you game jam for a weekend, it's almost like you work the weekend. It's fun work, but it's still just like an insane amount of work and looking at screens and not being healthy and whatever. But. Yeah, unfortunately we didn't finish, um, but I think we're gonna keep going. Uh, Rhett is gonna do the music for this. Hey, sound, cool. Which I still am excited to hear what you got for us, Rhett. So
0: <laughs> I can show you some stuff after we're done recording if you want. So it's like one of yeah, the things should. I like did a bunch of like different iterations of of stuff, and I was like, I'm <laughs> just like producing in a vacuum. Like I have your notes and stuff, but. <laughs>
2: Well, I know, we didn't send you any, like,
0: screenshots or anything. <laughs> because, yeah, I, yeah our, like, I started creating Everything some, was... Go ahead, sorry, sorry.
2: No, just everything was working asynchronously, and it's, like, hard enough to get a hold of you <laughs> since you're working nights and everything, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was just funny. I sort of, like... I remember the first day I sat down, and I was like, all right, here we go, and I, like started making some music I was like dude this is baller this is dope and I was like but this isn't like <laughs> matching any of like the notes that you made about it it was like way more like I don't know like just different and then I worked on something else and it was like oh that's this is it but it's like nope that didn't touch on that either <laughs> it's just like the ton- <laughs> like totally I just kept getting like way off like what I was sort of envisioning what you wanted uh, looking at some of those sprites that uh, and antidote made uh, helped but uh i forgot that they were there until like it was way too late
2: <laughs> yeah we've actually i feel like we've come along pretty well um we have like a i don't know a pretty cool little world that's working and i'm i'm really happy with myself because once again i'm using mono game which is all c sharp um, no editor or anything like that and Is I'm that not an super open source
1: that's an open source c sharp game development library right
2: yeah cool. so cool. if you remember um the Microsoft they had the x and a framework yep. which was typically made to uh or used to make three sixty xbox three sixty games um when that sort of went away uh i don't know if they fully recreated the code or they ha- they like The people who do monogame like had the code uh, or got access to the code but it's basically the continuation of XNA in a in an open source environment right Um, okay cool but it's a you know it's just a framework so you you basically have like your um, init methods and your game or update loop and your draw loop and then everything else is practically uh, you on your own so like the first thing that i did was i built an animation system you know and uh right all that kind of stuff which was super fun and i'm extending it now to where you can like loop particular sets of frames in an animation and reverse it and all that kind of stuff um to make it a little more uh usable rather than just let's go uh sequentially you know um But God, I ran into an error or an issue on Sunday that I spent like five hours trying to resolve. And I had uh, Manbeard Games in the Discord take a look. And it turned out we were using this program called Tiled, which is another open source program. I've used uh, it. It's awesome, yeah. It is awesome. However, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I had four layers and two of them were named the same. Um, because one was just like a tile layer and the other one is what they call an object layer uh, which would be used for like collisions and stuff like that. There's no like images that live in those those layers and so I had like a walls uh, tile layer and then a walls object layer and they were both called walls and that was the problem was that they were both named the same thing and I spent like I don't know probably three to five hours because the error message I got was like nothing related to that. So uh, that was one big reason why we didn't finish. But we also way overscoped. So we're going to try and finish the game either way, though. So it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, that's great. I want to do a game jam at some point. I was thinking of going to a game jam and taking the prompt and making like an expansion to Tale of the White Wyvern or a game that I'm working on. You know what I mean? In the theme of whatever the the jam prompt or whatnot is because i really like the idea idea. and i i mean i work you know in the evenings on the game i mean long enough so some weekends it's pretty much like it's a jam (laughs) yeah
2: well that's kind of what i've been well two things actually that i thought about during this last jam one is that i don't know if it's just my current state uh or if i'm like getting older but man it was like really hard it was like so much time and effort and i just was like i just felt like i couldn't do it almost whereas like
1: yeah you know i've completed
2: like 14 other game jams or something uh so i don't know what it was but i was thinking that and then the other thing was uh i was thinking about how valuable it is to just like kind of like what you said uh take your current project and maybe participate in a game jam but don't like submit and you just use that time to like you know be involved in a community and like get excited about absolutely game development but then apply all that work towards your current project to like you know really get a good push in there so i think in the future that might be something i consider doing um because like i don't know other the the only thing i feel like i've missed so far in a game jam is going to a live one you know like meeting a team right, that i don't right. know or something and then doing it all in person like everything that i've ever done has just been you know myself at my house and then talking to people online so
1: well there's something else i mean so cheerful ghost um we, we would support and, you know, like be a sponsor of a few back in the day, um, Portland Indie Game Squad game jams. And so nice. I'd go, you know, as like a sponsor or whatever and you know, give them the pitch like, hey, go to Cheerful Ghost. And, you know, no one would go, but it was still cool to support <laughs> it or whatever. But like, I it's really cool being there and hanging out with people in the game jams and such I just I always felt like a fraud because I wasn't actually working on a game and I didn't have time <laughs> at the time I didn't have time to to do that now I kind of want to you know maybe attend as a as a proper game developer now which is really cool to be able to say that I do because honestly like you know when we launched Cheerful like when I published Cheerful Ghost on Steam and you know everything else or whatnot like that was awesome but you know as a publisher it was like I always felt like I'm not really a game developer. Like, I'm a programmer. I've been a programmer for a long time. So, like, I knew, you know, Wick was going through. Like, I, you know, (laughs) we talked about, you know, development a bit. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that I let him do his thing and I wasn't like well I've been developing for like 15 years like I'm going to tell you to do this like like, it's his deal (laughs) it was his thing you know what I mean we talked about like how you might go about deserializing objects and stuff and I kind of gave him like some thoughts about how you do that or whatever Um, but it wasn't I didn't want to get involved in his thing you know what I mean because that's his thing you know so I'm really happy to like finally be a part of the club now um, and launch the game. Like I, I it, this has literally been a dream I've had for the last five years to do this. Um, That's awesome. And when Cheerful Ghost launched, its membership system was all in support of launching our first game because I need we needed a framework to say, okay, well, maybe if the game does okay, we need, you know, I need to pay for this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I I can't out of pocket all this. It's not that cheap to run a really uh, popular game or whatever. So, um, and that was like three years ago. So. I don't know. It's been a long time coming, but I'm really—I don't know—long to say is I'm really happy to be in part of the club, and now I don't feel like when I go to game jam I'm a total fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so yay me, yay me. Yeah, I think
2: you're preaching to the choir. Like I think we all feel like we're imposters. So uh, I don't, and I like every every time I take like a small break you know a couple weeks or something and then I get back to it and I'm rusty I'm like I don't know what I'm doing at all like I always feel like I have to start over from square one you know and I don't know so I think that, that adds a lot to it
1: Do you think it's a little easier now that you have a career where you're a developer? Because, you know, you might come back into game development, but you still have programming chops that you, like, work on daily. It's got to be somewhat related, right? I mean, you're thinking about things logically, and you got to debug shit and work with people.
2: Yeah, I I think it's helped, even though I haven't really been um, as consistent at home with programming. Although, I will say I spend maybe five percent of my time actually writing code the rest of the time maybe it's because i'm the new guy or like new to you know professional development the rest of the time is a lot of sort of admin work and also reading people's code like i've been assigned this one uh task for the next sprint in our you know agile uh whatever planning period And uh, I've been, like, reading through this code for, like, three or four days, like, just trying to understand it so I can figure out what I need to change, you know? And so I'm not, like, at work practicing, but I am, like, it's kind of cool seeing how professional developers are programming. I've learned a lot just by reading. Uh, But, yeah, I'm definitely in that mindset, like, uh, I'm thinking about coding a lot more than I was at least in like an active sense. I think I was before I got this job, I was always thinking about coding, but it was more like god, I wish I was programming or I wish I was making a game. And now it's more like I'm reading it or whatever it is. So
1: being able to read and comprehend the code that you read when you're working on a team is um really really important skill and not one that i fostered really early in my career my thought early on was i was kind of an asshole about the whole thing like (laughs) i was like oh man like if i didn't read a code and immediately understand it i was like these people suck that wrote this code um that's bullshit uh it doesn't matter like when you work on a team and you like you have to maintain an application it doesn't matter if the code is bullshit it doesn't change what your job is (laughs) you know what i mean it might make it harder it might make your job less fun or whatnot but you still have to understand it, and still the onus is on you to do something you know useful and hopefully making it better along the way so um I've really tried to work really hard at understanding code and understanding different styles. Like, we've got, on our team, we've got style guides. We also have, like, when you check in a piece of code, RuboCop um, has a preference for quotation marks. It has a preference to indentation styles. It's got a preference to all these things. And because, and when you check in code and you push it up, you know, and get or whatnot, uh, RuboCop will say, hey, this doesn't pass the linter. This is not formatted properly. This is not that. And I think that's actually really useful because it sets yeah. a set of criteria that everyone on the team has to follow so that we can all agree on the basic syntax of our language and how we're going to communicate, which is really important. So um, I'm better at reading code now. It's something that I'm still working on. I'm working. So I'm still kind of like you, Taylor. I started a gig um, uh, a couple months ago and. I'll, oh, you did? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so cool. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I work for a company called Mystery Science or mystery.org. We run uh, education for kids, uh, K through 5, science-based video education. It's kind of mystery-based. So you start off with this mystery-like um <clears throat> are uh aliens real <laughs> that's one of the videos we did it's great and then we teach kids about it. that's not one of our educational NGSS videos it's one of our other mystery dug videos but we use that um in the classroom to help kids get really excited about and learn about science like bridges and they'll actually build a bridge and as they learn Dude, about it and that kind of thing
2: that's so cool i've been thinking about this a lot lately too where i'm i don't really want to work like take a job where i'm doing something that either i don't believe in or doesn't like have an impact that i want it to and so like that i mean i'm i'm uh assuming that this is kind of like working towards something you believe in as well so it's got to feel good to be able to kind of like use your tech skills and also do like really good for the world you know So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so for me because we're societally we're at an interesting point where you know not everyone believes in science, which is weird for me to think. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I believe in science. I think that there's a lot of really good scientists out there doing a lot of really great work, and so I think it's really important that we. Increase science literacy in the United States of America. I don't think that people like when you you all um, talk about, and this is important that we talk about this climate change, global climate change. It's real it's real and if it's not only real it's caused by man uh, apparently according to scientists (laughs) and i like and so for me to like be a part of something and by the way we do too as a company by the way so like um not that you had to convince us but it's real but like and that's important for me it's important to me and like i used to work for companies where you know we like literally our target demographic was affluent white people and that's okay, fine. Selling to them is, that's, that's a dream, I guess. But like, for me, you know, I, I remember what it's like going to school and, you know, having problems, you know, learning because I had, you know, certain learning disabilities or whatnot and making that easier for kids to, and, and I've been in the classroom, like as a mystery science developer, they want everyone to go look and see how our stuff is used in the classroom. When I walked in the room, the kids went crazy, like mystery
0: science, mystery science.
1: And like, (laughs) <laughs> when they were doing their lesson where they were learning about a bridge, the San Francisco Bay Bridge, and they had to make and they learned what a truss is and they learned how bridges worked, and then their lesson immediately right after it was how to build a bridge and how would you design a bridge to, you know, put pennies on top with pieces of paper? Like that's what we do. And kids are in, they're so excited about it. So, for me again, it's cool to sell stuff to affluent white people. I guess that's someone's dream or whatever. But like for me, I think this is more exciting for me. Um, I like education. I like the thought of that. Um, so, yeah, it's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about,
2: about that. Um, just, I don't know, like, I, I would love to do game development as a career, but I wouldn't want to do it if it was working on something that I didn't feel was, like, Gonna benefit the world potentially, you know what I mean? Like I would, I would rather work as like a web developer or something for a company that's like gonna do ocean cleanups or something, uh, than you know make make the next like best first person shooter or something. That's kind of where I, my head's at right now. And like, you can't always be, you can't always choose where you're gonna work. But if if I have the choice. You know, that's what I want to do.
0: There's a horrible, horrible joke that passed my lips that I won't say about uh, <laughs> first-person shooters and changing the world.
1: Uh, you know. Well, I guess I can just laugh in my mind when I think of what that could be.
0: <laughs> well, you can just like, you know, what if, what if the first-person shooter you're working on, Taylor, is shooting, uh, you know, climate change or something?
2: you know so i'm sh- i'm shooting carbon out of the air yeah
1: <laughs> like, you know, i just put or- that game on my steam wish list i just clicked that <laughs> button so many times
0: <laughs> or or shooting climate change denier no okay <laughs> no <laughs> yeah that's funny let's not do that let's yeah, not do that no. don't shoot climate change deniers
1: yeah i, I like think coyotes
0: They just keep coming <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> I,
1: I kind of, it kind of reminds me of like that episode of the Simpsons where they're playing like this game where they, where Bart goes over to the Flanders house and they show him a video game where it's converting people. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they're converting all these dark skinned people to white guy christians oh, with suit and ties hilarious it, it it's of course the worst but very funny i think that's maybe what you're talking about but on the other yeah yeah obvious side i mean i i was a kid and i grew up with those games my parents bought me that stuff um which i which i actually have an actual love for now um non ironically but uh yeah as a non religious person but yeah it's cool but i think <laughs> t- taylor was to a point where like like i'd been working for a while and i could maybe choose where i work you know um so i don't think everyone has that same and for me it was like i also knew someone that worked there and so it helps to have connections and you know when you have a job you know make friends you know be really friendly the last couple gigs i got were because i knew people that worked there because i had a really great relationship with them beforehand and i think that's um that allows you to have choice you know what i mean whereas you might not before i'm not saying i wouldn't Work for a company selling things to people in the future, or whatever, or even a video game. I mean, clearly, I love video games. I'm making them in my spare time, right? Um, I just, I'm really enjoying what we're doing right now. I'm not trying to knock what other people are doing, you know, in their jobs or whatnot. But I think that it's, it's, it, it does, it does help because I think that when you're thinking about like, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, I remember the kids, and like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's true because they're. I don't know, really excited. I remember being a kid and being bored in school and it's cool to see that they're not.
0: No. Yeah. There is something about that. You know, I'm not out there changing the world or whatever, but in my new job, uh, rangering, like that's one of the things that makes me really happy is to like, see how happy it it makes kids to like, you know, see us even just doing menial tasks around the park. Like, you know, and there's this whole like program set up to get kids excited about the outdoors and excited about, preservation and uh, conservation of the outdoors and all these things and like kids who pass this thing like they learn this like secret like hand wave signal that they can do to rangers you know so it's like it's like so awesome like (laughs) seeing these kids that like learn the secret signal you know going around all the rangers like giving that sign to people you know (laughs) and it's like there's a lot to be said about that bringing that type of joy and that type of like education to people
1: Well, the Park Service is really important. I I think that, you know, I don't want a lot of our public lands to go away. I think we should keep it up. I think it's one of the best, like, the absolute beauty of the United States needs to be preserved, you know? I think it's a really important job. I think you are, like, impacting the greatest asset we have in the United States of America, which is its people, obviously, but also the land that we live on, you know? So, it's really important. So, like... You are changing the United States for sure. Um, it's just not a career that a lot of people put up on a pedestal. Clearly, Instagram influencer is, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, the the new hottest thing ever. But you know, yeah, which I'm working on. I'm working on it. <laughs> Park <laughs> well, Ranger Instagram. Well, work on that duck face or whatever is hot now. I don't. I don't know.
0: <laughs> duck I, I face know. with the old man filter or whatever that thing is going around today. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: No, just me. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Jeff's thing that he
0: posted, but that was it. John Shubin's was really funny. I don't know why. Some of it, like, they're pretty good. Like, all the ones I've seen, I'm like, wow, that's, like, kind of impressive. Like, Dude,
2: I've been actually really impressed with most of these, like, filters that they've put out. Like, Alia will so- sometimes, like, like yesterday, there was one she saw where it, like, changes your hair color. Mm. I was like, it looked real. Yeah. You know, it looked like I changed. It looked like, well, she sent me pictures of her, and then it looked like I had my hair changed. You know, I was like, dang. Or, uh, oh, the, the other one is like the gender
1: swap one or whatever. Oh, it is. the gender swap is so rad.
0: Yeah. It's oh, so
1: good. I like, know. I can't believe I how good that is. I know. Apparently, me as a female is just my sister. I look like my sister, basically, <laughs> with cool punk rock hair. So apparently, my sister needs punk rock hair and then me as a dude I I really look like a dude it just square jaws that jaw you're like Chris Pine or like you know BJ Blazkowicz (laughs) from Wolfenstein or whatever I'm like I'm looking at my picture as a dude and I'm like I'm not really like that. Like that's that's a that's a man's man. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was like I was like, wow, that guy's he's 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 cute. Who, who have, it takes the other your guy, handsome know, looks and that.
2: then it just cleans him up a little bit.
1: <laughs> it just square jaws. It gives everyone like stubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, <laughs> yeah, it's like the 1920s. You know, I don't know movie th- guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that one was crazy, but. Yeah.
0: Well, we're a little bit ways past an hour. Anything else you want to talk about with uh, Tale of the White Wyvern? And for the record, uh, uh, (laughs) I said wyvern so as to not start a debate on the proper pronunciation of the word, but... uh, Oh, it is wyvern for sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would say wyvern. Mm, Wyvern? Did you say wyvern? Yeah,
0: wyvern. Hmm.
1: I'll come back later and we'll debate that, but it's wyvern. Yeah? I'm with just you, like John.
0: just like it's jiff.
1: I'm not going to touch that one, no. but um but like I said,
0: we'll come back. We'll come back to it. Um no, the more I say it the more it grows on me. It's just hard because, you know, it's one of those words that like no you you don't hear spoken out loud often. Yeah. And, totally. You know, so. it was
2: Kind of like when you taught me how to say the word cacophony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did you used to say it?
2: Cacophony. I think I I don't remember. I would I had only read it, and then I heard you say it one time in high school, and I was like, "What? Oh, I think I said like cacophony or something." <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, there's a um, at the throne of judgment song. Oh
0: yeah, cacophony. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think that's why we were talking
0: about it. Yeah, it's interesting because the older I get, the more I realize it's like when people are saying things wrong, it's like, they've probably just read that word a whole bunch and they are fully aware of what it means. They just, it's like, it's like this weird, like, classist thing we do. We're like, by the way, it's actually pronounced this way. So I try not to do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's kind of like, oh, what's the thing that, now I'm not going to be able to think what it is. Uh, It's like... Oh
0: shoot! What? It's fleeting. Describe
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of what it is. Uh, people, it's a saying that people say all the time, but they they say it wrong. I couldn't. Uh, oh,
0: like like don't take it for granted. Well, it's kind of like that. But I couldn't yeah. care less or take it I, with yes, great assault. I
2: could. It's I could care less. Like you could care less, or you couldn't care right. less. Like you don't care about it so much that you couldn't care any less. Right. Right. But I would say 95% of the people I know say I could care less. I used to say it that way
1: until I was corrected. Yeah. Well, I should could, probably just say, I don't I care. Not it's to. way simpler.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and it sounds less but pretentious. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways. But yeah, anything else that you want to tell us about Tale of the White Wyvern or, uh, um, or you just want to encourage people to go to cheerfulghost.com and make their accounts now for launch
1: well, I do want to encourage people to go to CheerfulGhost.com and create their accounts before launch, because let's assume that out of the million people that are going to listen to this episode, one of them wants to have an account on Cheerful Ghost with the name of Donkey Face. OK, Donkey Face, I want you to get that account, too. I don't want you to be <laughs> Donkey Face 42. I don't want you to be Donkey Face 4,982.1. I mean, it sounds like fun, but it's not that fun.
0: He be, so, beat 69.
1: <laughs> okay, so that will that that could be for the second DocuFace. But anyways, you need to go to CheerfulGhost.com right now. Reserve your username. You can get it right now. DocuFace is there. Also, once July 28th hits, you can either go to CheerfulGhost.com to see Tale of the White Wyvern. I'm going to be up pretty early that morning launching the game. Or you can go to TheWhiteWyvern.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at underscore cheerful ghost or me at j dodson and i'm also going to be when the game launches i'll be lurking uh like a creep in your uh discord and i'll drop the link there for your clicking pleasure so again Mm. like i say uh it requires a free account on cheerful ghost um, and under the covers, what I had to add to Cheerful Ghost to make that happen was Cheerful Ghost is a full-blown OAuth server. I don't know if you, if anyone's familiar with that nice. web technology, but basically um, it, it basically enables the ability for any of the games that we create in the future to use Cheerful Ghost as the authentication source. So you don't have to worry about creating a new account on any of the games. We'll just get your account, get your membership, automatically tie all that together. So thewhitewyvern.com. And get more information on Cheerful Ghost on July 28th, which also happens to be my birthday.
0: Yeah. Well. So send oh. me
1: the best birthday present of all. Play Tail the White Wife for real. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know what? Like, we're going to launch this at the end of July. Also, my birthday. Let's just do that instead of having a party because it's a party to launch your
0: game. We should, so- uh, we'll have a party in the tavern in town (laughs) that would be awesome yeah
1: yeah it's cool flood the tavern yeah (laughs) absolutely get virtually drunk to celebrate my birthday
2: heck yeah yeah you should uh you should have some text in there that says like "Happy Birthday
1: Golok" or whatever it was. Ah, oh, that way, yeah, that's definitely. I'm definitely going to be Golok on launch because that's what I used. That was the name I used in all the BBS games back in the '90s. And some things <laughs> nice. you just never change. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Are you guys gonna? Are you going to be Red is Awesome uh, on the game? Or are you going to be something like a Mandor? Or uh, and also Taylor, are you going to be Seven Alor? Are you going to be like? Um, Gaffadan or whatnot? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just making <laughs> mm.
0: up RPG names here.
2: I don't know. What's your uh, what's your D and D name, Rhett?
0: Uh, oh, I've got a few really good ones, but you're probably thinking of Duroc.
2: Yeah, Duroc. I I don't know. I'm not good at those. I usually go to like you know Lord of the Rings Elvishnamegenerator.com And Generator
1: dot com. Yeah, you yeah. totally should, and get Smorkinell the White or whatever. So yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah yep. that's a pretty good. One. Yeah, Durak Dragon's Bane, and then I also have Carmelo T. Bucky Muck, Buckle.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: what what was mine again? Ryan? I also have uh, Bebo Plump Pocket.
1: That sounds great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Alright, Bebo. I'm pretty good at d and D names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those all sound really good. Those all sound really good. That's one of your skills. I
0: know. Unfortunately, because of one of my old podcasts, I got really good at uh naming things. It's like a curse. <laughs> Although the only thing yeah, right. I can't oh, never mind. Can't talk about that here. We can talk about that off the air. Um all right. <laughs> you know. NDAs yeah. and all. Right. NDAs. Blame Trump. Just kidding. I don't know why I said that. Anyway. <laughs> John, it's been yeah, was... uh, really awesome talking about this game, and I'm sure we could talk about it some more. And if you want to come on after launch and uh, talk about you know, how launch went, or how uh, the game's going, or re-pitch it to more listeners, uh, I don't think I'm alone and saying you're welcome anytime.
1: Let's schedule that right now. Um, I'm free on the 29th. (laughs) 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 No, yeah, totally. Absolutely. No, I would love to. In fact, what I'd like to do is come on again where um, maybe we can talk about things you want to add to the game or things that we should change. Because I think that one of the things that I'm interested in is getting to hear what people want from the game and then Travis and I can figure out what we're going to bring to them because by the time, like if, if I come on like a couple of weeks after, you guys could be like, okay, this game like clearly sucks and here's why or this, we need this or, you know, I want more of this game loop and I would love to talk to you guys about that, like tear it down or, you know, throw ideas my way. I think that could be really interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, July 29th or any week thereafter works for us. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit after that because I'm like working a lot on the game and
1: I'm yeah. going to be taking like that day um, to just do the game. And uh, like my wife and I need to like hug again after that. You know? it's like, <laughs> this is so much time. You know what I mean? But I think after that would be good. Cool. Also, Rhett, let's be real. What.
2: How has scheduling gone lately?
0: <laughs> well, that's why I was thinking, like, well, hell, if he wants to, like, take the work out of it, suggest a date like that, like, I'll. <laughs> All right. We'll
2: get one podcast in. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm just. Yeah. yeah All right, y'all. Thanks, John. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate I appreciate it. Like, and Felt like old times. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: looking forward to, to launch myself. Really like the product that's out there. Guys, go to cheerfulghost.com. Make your account now. It's really simple. Uh, if you want, uh, you can just link your Google account uh, to Cheerful Ghost and be able to log in with just the click of a button. That's what I do. Um, Google, Facebook, or Steam
1: will uh, authenticate you three ways.
0: Boom. A three-way authentication. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Awesome. So go do that. Get ready for launch on July 28th, which is also a Sunday. It's coming up, folks. Get there. Hey, for anything else that you guys want to find out about Game Devs Quest, you just go on over to GameDevsQuest.com and find the right-click path to the link that suits your needs. Whether you want to find us on Twitter, whether or not you want to find us on Discord, whether or not you want to link to our podcast directly, whatever it might be, it's over there on GameDevsQuest.com. I think without further ado... I think that does it for this week, unless anybody has anything else to add. I
1: do. I have one more thing. I'm really sorry. Can I go? No, that's all
0: right. (laughs) Okay. On July 28th, the game comes
1: out. um, And then on July 29th, we're going to do... So on 28th, it's going to be our launch for people on Cheerful Ghost. So you can play it. uh, You're in. Don't worry about it. Just go to the site, create an account. You're in. On 29th, we're going to sort of tweet it to the entire world and that kind of thing and do sort of a broader launch from there. Also, on the 29th, we are going to have a thing that if you retweet um, our official launch tweet or you share it on Facebook or whatever, you share it anywhere, you can. Um um, will send you a DLC code and that code will get you um, some really cool stuff. It's going to be the original hype launch DLC pack. So we're going to have day one DLC for free people, for free. So in the day one DLC you get a really cool original hype title you'll get 500 gold and two gems to help catapult you really far and to tell the white wyvern. so get the free stuff y'all. July 29th original hype. It's nice. coming.
0: Hell yeah! I dig it! Get on that hype train, folks. On July yep twenty ninth. All right, y'all. That'll do it for this week.
2: Yeah, thanks, Cue y'all. that music. See you next time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> 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 mm hmm.